0: Hello and welcome to the Journey Church Podcast, streaming live from Queens, New York. We're really glad that you decided to join us today. Whether you're a member, attend regularly, or this is your first time with us, we want to let you know we appreciate you. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. So if you're stuck in you did not do the welcome in the beginning, welcome. My name's Craig. It's great to have you here. It's great to be here with you. you. Uh, I always count it the absolute privilege to be able to preach and I count it the absolute privilege to be able to come together and just be able to uh yeah, you know, celebrate what Jesus is doing, be part of a group of believers. In most some places in the world we aren't able to do this, so I'm very grateful for it. So like I mentioned when we were uh breaking or doing communion, breaking bread, uh we are currently if you haven't been here in a series looking at the beginning of the book of Acts. We start at the beginning, just looked at, uh, just going through it from a perspective of, uh, we see scriptures in, in, in Matthew where it says Jesus will build His church, uh, but then we see Jesus isn't around, uh, but He promises the, the Spirit, and the Spirit will be there to guide and lead and to help us. And really, what we we'll are looking at the book of Acts from the perspective of, well, if it's stuff that Jesus wanted His church to look like, it should be important to us, Right? What is is important to Jesus needs to be important to us, and we don't want to look at it from a point of view of a uh, textbook and approach it like just academically. We really want to trust the Spirit to highlight what He wants to highlight, and uh, really just want to take our time and ask the question of of why do we do the things that we do? Do we do it because it's tradition? Uh, That's church tradition. You got to long ago, church tradition would not allow drums. We don't allow a guitar. Like You just would read your hymns, stand up, sit down. Like that's how you do church. But church progresses and church changes. And I think it's an important question to be able to ask why we do certain things. And we've looked at the importance of the Bible. We've looked at why we get together as a church. Um, if you missed out last week, you missed out on some donuts. Um, we demonstrated how we can build relationship around Food, which is always important, and uh, we have some donuts there today. uh, We find ourselves in Acts 2, verse 42, and they devoted themselves. We looked at that word devoted a couple weeks back. uh, The importance of not just, it's not just something that we do, it's not just something we visit. No, we devote, it means we change our lifestyle to look a certain way. We change the way we do things. They devoted themselves around the apostles' teaching, which is the Bible, to fellowship, which is the importance of church, and now to breaking. Pardon me, breaking of bread. So breaking of bread can be, I don't know, it depends where you are in the world. It depends who you are. It depends what culture you've had, what what word you would use. Obviously, in this context, we, they, they use the word breaking of bread. But it's looked at the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Table. In some cultures, they call it the sacraments. And sacraments uh, really just means the visible sign of God's grace, it's a visible sign of uh, God's grace was on the cross for us, and that's what we what we are remembering. Another one of those visible signs would be baptism. So uh, that's where the word sacrament. Uh, maybe use the word Eucharist. I don't even know if I'm saying that well. Uh that's a more traditional word that comes from a Greek word that I'm not even going to try and pronounce because I will butcher it. And if there's any Greek people, yeah, you'll want to string me up afterwards. So, um, but it comes from a, the, the, the term Eucharist comes from the term of giving thanks. So we come with thankful hearts for what Jesus did on the cross. That's why we break bread. And then maybe the most common term is communion. And it's really that word, that way of describing or that word used to describe breaking of bread is the way we commune with God. Uh, we break bread together so we can, uh, Jesus remember God. So, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna say something. I'm gonna explain, I'm gonna unpack, uh, 1 Corinthians a little bit more. I'm making your mind, I'm just gonna move your stand a little bit back. Got a pink music stamp. I'm glad I don't preach off a pink pulpit, but uh, let's not get distracted. So I'm gonna I'm gonna introduce a, a, a what what I believe uh what links breaking of bread and, and devotion. I'm gonna give you a thought and then we're gonna dive into a passage of scripture that speaks about breaking uh, breaking of bread and then hopefully it will loop together and make sense because it might not make sense in the beginning. But just just bear with me. It's one of those films that doesn't make sense in the beginning, but by the end of it, you'll be like, Ha, that's what he meant. I honestly believe the main message, when you're looking at breaking of bread, and the title of today is, What Are You Worshipping? Because I believe breaking of bread and worship are linked together. The reason why I say that is... When we have, as soon as, in church culture, as soon as we say worship, we think this, right? So you think, well, I can't really worship because I don't play instruments, I, I don't sing. And then we, we treat what we did before this as worship because we come together and there's people leading us. Um, that's, that is worship. But worship, when I'm speaking about worship now, is, you, your life is centered around what you worship. So if you worship, or if your life is centered around your career, you're worshiping your career. If your life is centered around your family, you're worshiping your family. If your life is centered around whatever it is, that's the thing you're because your whole life will be geared around that. So what the what the uh, once these these group of believers were saved in the book of Acts, what the apostles are encouraging them to do is force breaking of bread into their lifestyle, so it demonstrates it's an outward demonstration of who they're worshiping. I don't know if you've ever heard of it presented like that. They were encouraged to break bread every single time they came together. So you would come over for a meal, and there, we, we looked a lot of, the, of this uh, last week. They would come together and have meals daily. They'd be breaking bread. Now, communion, breaking bread, whatever one of those other words you use, has become very, uh, the, the church in history has taken hold of it of being like, only the high priest can, You dip the bread in the wine and and give it to you and administrate it. It's become this very mystical, almost religious practice. When if you go back to the book of Acts, it was every single time we get together, we're going to break bread so we know Jesus at the sense of what we're doing. So if I'm having a meal with you, I want to break bread with you so I know, and we all know that Jesus is in the sense of everything we're doing. I have a friend who he felt like God was challenging him on this issue, and he would carry a a little bit of juice with him and bread with him, and he would break bread whenever he could remember it. So he'd be doing his his thing, and he'd be like, I want to remember Jesus in this moment, and he'd break bread by himself. I'm not saying we have to do that. I feel like the challenge today is I've prepared this and looked at it is, Maybe it's a moment where we can stop and pause and say, What is my life revolving around? Work, family, all those things are important. I'm not I'm not saying don't honor those things, don't love your wife, don't love your children, don't now work hard and do well in your job. I'm not saying don't do those, but I'm saying above all of that, are we forcing Jesus into everything we do? Now I love what this what this automatically sort of does. It's not, are we forcing Jesus in what we do? So we walk around the Bible hitting all non-believers over the head with the Bible to make sure they know that we're Christians. No, this is a personal you and God thing. It's It's a you and God communing together. It's you acknowledging Jesus in everything we do. So that's why what, there's, there's these, another way of looking at it is it's a, it's a means of grace. So the, in the Bible and in theology, there's often moments where, they, where, they, where, where uh, theologians and, and scholars will, will describe these places, these things that we do where we understand God's grace. Because if you're just walking around every single day, you might understand God's grace, or you might not, something that might not, you might not even be aware of. But the moment we stopped and paused during worship, and we broke bread together, we understood God's grace for a moment. There is a means of understanding God's grace. It's the same as when you get baptized. There's a there's a, there's a means of understanding God's grace. So a means of grace is every single time we get together and break bread, we're forcing the finished work of the cross into our lives, which I think is a very healthy thing to be doing. So that's my overarching. Take home that. Hopefully, we get to. So, so how do we how do we understand this? Let's go to one Corinthians eleven from twenty three to from twenty three to thirty three. I'm not going to read the whole passage of scripture now because I break it up into uh, there's four parts that I want to look at, four chunks of of, and there's there's an application in. Remember when I don't know if you if you were yeah if you weren't here, that's fine I'll I'll highlight it when we discuss the Bible. If this represents Jesus, the finished work of the cross, the gospel, everything um, that He did, and this side is the Old Testament, the whole of the Old Testament is pointing to. To the finished work of the cross. He's pointing to the gospel. He's pointing to Jesus. Everything. All the prophecies are all about the coming uh, uh, Savior. He's coming to, to to fulfill all the prophecies. Then we see Jesus coming, fulfilling the prophecies. His life and everything he did from the moment he uh, was born uh, till when he was risen from the dead and ascended into heaven was all fulfilling all the prophecies of the Old Testament then if the, the rest of the new testament is from the book of acts to the book of revelation is because of what jesus did now let's apply it to our lives so because of what jesus did how do we, we parent different because of what jesus did we we the way we treat um each other is different because of what jesus did the way we the the way husbands love their wives and we can all do that And it's different to the rest of the world because of what Jesus did. So it always comes back to because of what Jesus did. We're okay with that. Thank you. Appreciate that. Again, we're going to approach this passage of Scripture from that perspective of because of what Jesus did. Because that context of looking at breaking bread, communion, because of what Jesus did... Helps us work it out. Now, a bit of context for 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians is one of those books where um, there's a lot of rebuking from Jesus when it comes to the comes to uh, uh, communion breaking bread. The Corinthian church was out of control, so they were let's uh, let's. Um, the instructions for, to the church in book of Acts was, let's get together and have a meal and uh, enjoy. That's when you should break bread. They were going full out. It was overindulging. It was getting drunk. It was, um, you know, just eating an absurd amount of food. And because they got drunk, everything else that happens when you get drunk that's not good went with it. It was... Orgies at church, and it was it was horrific. So Paul's trying to rescue back some some dignity to what breaking of bread should mean when he writes this passage of scripture. He's trying to be like there needs to be a bit of order in what we do. So that's the context of where we find uh, this in scripture. It's not looking very good for the uh, Corinthians. Uh, Looking at this, let's jump in. Verse 23, it says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, uh, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So the first aspect of breaking bread that we need to, we need to look at the first application is it's a moment to look back to the finished work with the cross. So the first application the first thing the, the first part of breaking bread and why it's, why it's important is the first thing we want to look at is it's an opportunity to look back at what Jesus did. Salvation begins with forgiveness of our sins, and then there is this moving on to uh, being filled with the Spirit and living by the Spirit and uh, and 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 living our lives like that. We looked in the, in, in, in the summer at uh, what the fruits of the Spirit are, and we trust in that all those fruits will come back. When we break bread, it's a moment of looking back to say, thank God for that opportunity to be reconciled with God. That's the first thing we do. It's a, it's a great Old test. The way of, of looking at it is um, remember when Moses was with the Israelites in Egypt and they were about to, I think it's the last plague, where it told, where they were, we're uh, they're instructed to paint their posts with the blood of the Lamb and the angel of death passed over in Egypt. The word Passover, the, the, the feast to celebrate that comes from. The angel of death passing over the Israelites' homes, and they the the firstborn sons were were uh were not killed because of the finished work of, because of the blood of the lamb. Now, if you fast forward, Jesus laying his life down for us, the finished work of the cross was here was was our Passover. Was Him no longer God doesn't look at our sin, He looks at the blood of the Lamb, He looks at Jesus. So it's remembering that. It's looking back to say thank you for that moment. They, they, throughout the Old Testament, you'll see, even when, when the Israelites went through the Jordan River, um, they were instructed to make an altar. And throughout the Old Testament, you see these moments where it's like, make an altar, uh, you know, create something to remember. This is one of the moments where we break bread in, in the New Testament. In where we find ourselves in church history and with the Holy Spirit. It's a moment to look back to say, thank you for what you've done. Then the next thing is we look forward. In verses 25, it says this. In the same way, also, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat the bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until He comes, until He comes back. So with breaking of bread, we remind ourselves, we look back at the, what Jesus did, but it's also a hope that should fill us of looking forward to the life we have in Christ because of what He did, as well as this hope that He's coming back again. Now, I don't, I don't know about you, but this last week has been a bit of a, God, what is going on in this world? There's just wars and rumors of wars. and, and, and you know, It's not us and them. It, uh, we're not, I'm not picking sides. But I know Paul lived his life thinking he was in end times. I don't know how bad things were in, in Paul's days. You know, I haven't been shipwrecked. But if I look around, the world does not look like it's getting better. But to make sense of everything, everything that's going on in the chaos, it comes for me. I make sense of it. I come down to the place of, I know Jesus is coming back. I know Jesus is coming back. There's a hope. There is faith that rises up inside of me that as bad as it's going to get, it's going to get better because Jesus is coming back, and that's not something that we should just—it's not—it's not dust that we just, you know, pixie dust that we just hope, or or fairy dust that we just hope, something that's just this magical thing. No, hope and faith is something that we can live with if we understand the finished work of the cross. I don't know about you, but when I when we broke bread together. And we acknowledge that, my heart is full of hope. My heart is full of faith. I don't know if it's the same with you. So if we go back to the question I said in the beginning, "What are you worshipping? Every single time we shove the finished work of the cross into our lives, it gives us hope, and it gives us faith that Jesus is coming back. And we do this to remember and to remind ourselves as often as we can until he comes back because it's without that i don't know what we've got without that there is very little hope without that we're looking at economies we're looking at you know how much money we're looking at wars we're looking at all of that and trying to say well where does the hope come from is it is it an election is it uh, you know out of recession in recession where does hope come from it's only found in the finished work of the cross it's only found in Jesus. This great hope we live with, this, this faith, until Jesus comes back. we got a great picture of that. The whole of the Old Testament was living with this hope. They were living the, that, the, that, that someone's going to come. The, the son is going to come and make it. All the prophecies, Jesus came. Now, because of that, we live with a hope that it's going to come back again. Then the next thing is as we look, we 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 look backwards, we look forward, and it changes the way we do things. And then the next thing, the, the, the third part of this, is we look inward. Verse 27 says this whoever therefore eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself or herself then, and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. Examine yourself. We have to take a moment and look inward. We have to take a moment and say, because of what's happened, we it has to change me. There's this, There's this moment where we have to look inward and make the adjustments we need to make. There's now now the the third part and the fourth part sort of blend into each other. So I'm going to uh, read, carry on reading in verses because the the, the third part is we have to look inward and then we encourage to look outward. And it says this in verse 29, it says, for anyone who eats and drinks without discerning the body eats and drinks judgments on himself. That is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. But if you judge, uh, if we judge ourselves truly, we would not be judged. But when we are judged by the Lord, we're disciplined so that we may not be condemned along with the world. So then, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. If anyone is hungry, let them eat at home. So that when you come together, it will not be for judgment. About other things, I will give you direction when I come. So there's an indication there that this unworthy manner that he introduces in verses 27 both has a has an application to both me and everyone else. So the application first is as we look inward. There's a make sure you are right with God. I think. Sometimes we take things for granted, and we don't we don't really understand and, and take the word for what it is. Because if we look at this, and it says, "For if anyone eats and drinks without discerning their own body, eats and drinks judgment on himself." In verse thirty, it says that uh, that is why many of you are weak and ill, and some have died. Wow. How do we approach Jesus? How do we approach what Jesus has done. How do we remember the finished work of the cross? Uh, If you think about um, the couple in the book of Acts. They disobeyed God. They disobeyed... Ananias and Sapphira. There we go. They disobeyed God. They disobeyed the Spirit. And what happened? They died. So many of us just And I'm speaking to myself in the category as well. When God says something, we're like, maybe. Like sometimes we just take it so flippant about adjusting ourselves. We don't look at the word and say, well, what what is God saying? What is the Holy Spirit saying? I need to make that adjustment because if I don't, I'm being being disobedient. And disobedience leads to death. And yes, Jesus has died and set us free and we're going to heaven and we've got all of that, but it's not just about getting to heaven. It's if we live disobediently, we could fall ill or could die. Now, I'm not creating a theology that every single time you're sick, it's because you've done something wrong. I think what Paul's trying to help them understand is let's not get carried away in how we break bread and And, and have these, these wild parties and out of control gluttony and getting drunk. Let's just remember that we need to adjust ourselves or else we're just being, treating Jesus as like a, a, just an unworthy manner. And now the church in Corinth, they were splitting up. Well, if you have you go there, and if you don't have, you go there. And they were segregating their the congregation by like, who had all the food and who had none. So as we examine ourselves, we should it should change our outlook in the rest of the world that actually there's no segregation in the church. Actually communion, breaking bread, forcing Jesus into everything we do, should be the very thing that unites everyone. It should unite cultures. It should, uh, it, the, I love one of the, the books I was reading. It says communion is, a, is an act of saying we, are, we do not build fences. We're not building fences to keep anyone out. We're actually forcing Jesus into everything so we can bring unity. Some people might avoid breaking bread because they don't feel like they have, that, pardon me, they're worthy enough. No, they are in Jesus Some of the sometimes we use breaking of bread to declare how self righteous we are and therefore we are worthy to break bread no we all need Jesus and there's no self-worthy arrogance about it Some people are kept from partaking by churches because of religious Differences or there's fences that they've put up that have stopped people from participating in breaking of bread, but we see that this is something that should bring unity. When churches, I'm not, I'm not putting down churches at all, but sometimes we have, or the church has made this into a pomp and ceremony thing, breaking bread, communion, and it's been controlled by. Religious leaders No, it's there for us to actually come together around a table as we put Jesus in the center and be be Unified in that So as we look inward it changes how we look outward as we look inward and we force Jesus into um, Myself and, and how I look at things and how I view the world the way I view things changes And so it should so really For me, if I go full circle, breaking bread, communion, has everything to do with worship. So the question I have to ask you is, what are you worshipping? I'm not saying you have to give up your job. I'm not saying you have to leave your family. I'm not saying you have to do anything radical like that. All I'm saying is, maybe you see need to force Jesus into the middle of everything so you remember Him while you're doing everything. Amen? They devoted themselves to breaking of bread. They devoted themselves to worshipping Jesus. And yes, everything we do is worship. You're going to be the best school teacher you are. You're worshipping Jesus with the gift that God's given you. Whatever your job is, whatever occupation you do, the way you do that and the way you put Jesus in the middle of doing that, you're worshipping Jesus with everything that He's given you. It's not about a guitar and songs and those help us. Those are great tools that God has given the body. Thank God for them. But you doing what you have been called to do with Jesus in the middle of it is worship to him. Can I pray for us? Lord God, I pray that we will force you into everything. That Breaking bread, communion will be a way of unifying us, Lord God. That there's no separation. We read the book of Romans, we see that Jesus came and the gospel has come to bring unity. And I pray, Lord God, that we will experience that. I pray, Lord Jesus, as we maybe take time to break bread as a family. Or maybe as an individual during our lunch breaks. I pray as we do that, we'll experience your grace over and over and over again. Everything that you laid your life down for on the cross, we'll just experience and know. It won't be something we visit. It won't be something that maybe when we break bread as a church, that's the only time we do it. No, we'll visit your grace as much as we can. Remembering it and applying it to our lives. Lord God. Pray, Lord God, that we'll rearrange our lives, we'll devote our lives to making sure Jesus is at the center of everything we do. Amen.